What's up, guys? It's Liz Kelly. All month long, The Ringer will be breaking down 2018's highs and lows in music, pop culture, sports, TV, and film. Some of the things we've hit so far are the best TV show episodes and the best rap albums of the year. And this week, we are writing about the best performances and the 10 best action movies of 2018. Plus, we'll be reacting to both the Golden Globes and Grammy nominations on the site. You can check all of these things out on TheRinger.com. Basketball is very good. Jimmy Butler is actually a good teammate. Savanis is the most important front court pacer. De'Aaron Fox is better than Donovan Mitchell. Basketball is very good. Hello, and welcome to the Ringer NBA show. It's group chat. I am here with my chemical romance super fan, Haley O'Shaughnessy. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> Justin Barrier. Hi. Paolo Getty. What's up? What's up with you, man? How are you doing? You know, just uh, dealing with the LA rain. Uh, sounding very much like a classic LA person. Yeah, I mean, like, nobody cares about California rain. Nah. But Haley did want us to listen to Hillary Duff just to put us in the right mood for the podcast. <laughs> Let the rain fall down. <laughs> there you go. You guys, no this one? is an NBA podcast. We have a couple of NBA games from last night that we wanted to talk a little bit about. And then we're also going to talk about the Ringers' top 25 players of the first 25-ish games. Yeah. Uh, really cool post we put up. Rosillo and Bill did their top 20 of the first 20. A podcast I enjoy quite a bit. Uh, and we gave ourselves a slightly larger sample size and opened it up to the to the floor. And, uh, you know, we did a little bit of voting. We did a little bit of gerrymandering. And we came out with this, uh, with this list, which I, I think is pretty provocative. Um, because in once it's like you can see people sticking to their, you know, received narratives of how like the hierarchy of the league. And then there's some like Nikola Vucevic is in there. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I don't agree with that. <laughs> really? Uh, but let's start a little bit talking before we get to the top 25. Let's talk a little bit about last night. Hater. Uh, He's going to be an all-star. <laughs> the national games last night. Sixers wraps, Lakers spurs. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about Thunder Nets. With the Sixers. Somebody else talk about the Sixers. Man. <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to do this. this. I thought I'm I'm more where Jimmy Butler was at the end of the game, which is we weren't good enough, but that's okay because it was a good test. And we were close, even though we didn't play that well. And they didn't. You know, Joel Embiid looks a little bit tired. They don't have no depth. JJ looked like he tweaked something. Going into the game, you know, coming out of it, we were going to know who the best team in the East was, right? Yeah, I mean, I knew. Or it could have looked. Yeah, come on. <laughs> no, I don't think the Bucks are. All right, okay. Oh, All I don't right. think the Bucks are. They just don't yeah. have enough around him even though everyone looks significantly better. I am better. surprised that you're putting the Sixers up there already just because of Jimmy. I, I, I like, I'm not saying I don't agree because they have the talent but I, I guess you're making it a one-two between the both of them. Yeah, I am. Okay. And I thought maybe if it was a close game we still wouldn't know. But there is no, absolutely no chance that it's not the Raptors. Yeah, the it Raptors w- might be the best team in the league. I don't think it was a fair fight. I think we're at the point where the Raptors are in Warriors territory, uh-huh. where even amongst like the best challengers, they're a cut above them. Yeah. I think they proved that last night. They didn't play particularly well. Yeah, incidentally, they, they did not play that well last night. <laughs> and it's almost like they're so deep uh, where they could almost like pick and choose like how they beat you on a given night, or they can almost like call up what they like need to beat you on a given night. Like Jonas has been particularly like off the past couple of games, and all of a sudden he's out there dropping 26, and it's like their offense isn't working, and all of a sudden they need a superstar. It's like, hey, we have a top three player in the NBA. I'm gonna go the other way because I think that while I was one of the people who I, who picked the Raptors to finish first in the East before the season, I thought the Sixers like. For being a team that has just incorporated an all-star mm-hmm. into their roster, 
I thought they hung with them for the most part. At, you know, maybe not for the entirety of the game, but I thought they did like an okay job. And I, I don't want to say like a moral victory, but you know, it is what December. So yeah, I mean, it's like the Sixers didn't play that great and hung in it, and yet. The Raptors had single-digit performances from Lowry, Van Vliet, Siakam, right. OG, and Danny Green, and still beat the Sixers relatively handily. So, right, they can pull out. What? What was? What did you say yesterday on Slack? I don't Justin, know, but it was, it was a, yeah, it was probably I mean, like, <laughs> it was like a hotel phone. You could just call oh, yeah, up on yeah, yeah. whoever, like from their wow. bench. Yeah, so we call metaphors. Guys. <laughs> Let's go writing. A little peek behind the curtain. Um, yeah, I don't have a ton else to say about that, other than the fact that uh, this was the first time I think I really started to worry about the Sixers front court depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, a, in a significant way, just because, like you guys were saying, Jonas and um, and Ibaka basically, basically, like aside from another MVP caliber performance from Kawhi, quietly just kind of going through it, I was just like, oh, the Sixers don't have anybody behind Embiid. They didn't play Bolden, they didn't play Amir, and uh, Embiid's playing too much and looked zonked after the game. And that's probably like the optimist view of the Sixers right now is that they just made this big trade to get Mm -hmm. an all-star in and they completely shattered their depth. So do they need another uh, Ilya Sobas or Bellinelli sort of trade to really understand like who they are? Yeah, and I don't know who that guy is because like on the other hand, I don't necessarily want them to do anything that to go out, I don't want them to give anything up to go out and get front court depth and the guy that they bring in gets schemed out of the playoffs and they can't play him. Yeah, I'm a little worried about Ben. Do yeah, we need to talk about say, this how, how are we feeling about Simmons? Because I was going to save it for I was going to save it for top twenty five. Right. Let's talk about him now. He's okay. having an up and down season, and I buy into it every time that he goes. Like he has his lows, and every time he has his peaks, I buy into it. It's just kind of a bummer because it seems like of the three of the basically the core group that's that remain, he's the one who has had to kind of still, you know, because Embiid can just go out there and do his thing and score thirty eight. Yeah. You know, and like with Simmons, it's gonna it's gonna be such an interesting thing to watch because of how much Jimmy handles the ball sometimes. Now, Jimmy's, I think, been doing a pretty good job of, like, easing himself in, but mm-hmm. it has changed the way maybe Simmons can dominate a game sometimes. You know, I just don't feel like we've seen that. Yeah, he's restricted. And I, I think, like, he's actually done a good job adjusting what he does to fit or, like, to play his role. He's basically, as I said last night, tall Rondo. And I think there's, like, that's a really good player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do feel like while I'm watching him, he's not the same uh, just, like, aesthetic pleasure that he was last year. He's just, like, he's just not unleashed mm-hmm. in the way that I loved watching him last year. And that's kind of a bummer. And when he is, it's, like, they're very frequent turnovers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He yeah. Seven, I, mean, yeah. I think, last night. Especially if Kawhi Leonard is anywhere in the same zip code. Right. You know what I mean? Like, when yeah. that happens, like, it's just, like, he is, seems to hit double-digit uh, turnovers really, qu- really quickly. Uh, I mean... I don't I, I don't know what to say because on one hand I feel like he's just like a generational talent and I've never seen somebody who can just kind of control the floor the way he can with at the height that he can at the physicality that he can. Now I guess everybody's like, well, he's always he's going to be a power forward. Everybody knew that, and I was like, I thought he was going to be like this like paradigm shifting point guard. But that's fine, I guess. If he's not, the jump shot thing is the jump shot thing. It, I, it matters sometimes and it doesn't matter sometimes. And and there were a couple of times last night where I feel like Jimmy got penetration and hit Ben and it was just like, that's just like a... DeMar DeRozan just gets 40 points off those passes. Yeah. And he just would like dribble towards the hoop and then dribble back out and try and find JJ and then there would be like six seconds left on the clock. I just... It was frustrating. It would matter from the playoffs. That's exactly. The it's it's like, always a problem yeah. because they're figured out when they yeah. get to the playoffs. Right. Maybe he's saving it for the playoffs. Maybe he's got... <laughs> that would be maybe he's, he's, he's basically Ray Allen <laughs> saving and, it. And like Giannis's clicks right at the same time. Yeah. Oh, uh, can I ask a question about the Oklahoma City Thunder? Always. Um, is this the second best team in the West? Ooh. No. <laughs> I... 
<laughs> Their defense is great, but no. I don't think so, but I would love to believe so, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, I think they're getting less credit than we should give them, maybe, especially, like Haley said, on their defense. I think they have two really good talents, two guys who made our list. You know, not 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 every team in the West has two guys who, who made that list or who are in the top 30, 25, you know? So I think that their floor is very high, and given how the West may look, on a given, you know, week-to-week yeah. basis. Like, their floor might be enough to be that second team, but I, I don't know over the long term if that's the case. So we're automatically putting the Warriors at one, mm-hmm. right? Yes. I'm not talking Stan. I'm just saying, like, no, it, in terms of, like, because I, I, we were having this conversation, I was having this conversation earlier in the week about the Western Conference playoffs, and I'm all screwed up about it. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't know. that They're all bunched together, and then the teams that have been hot are like getting cold, like the Trailblazers. And then there are a bunch of teams where I'm just like, I don't really know what I'm dealing with here, like the Grizz and the Mavs. Right. And right now, like a fourth of the way through the season, I would put teams higher that I know I trust. And this sounds sure. bizarre, but like I trust the Clippers more than I trust the Thunder. Do you really? really? Yeah. All around, they're much more stable individual players, even if the talent level comes nowhere close to Russ and Paul. Interesting. I, I think the Thunder have been pretty stable. Like I feel like the fact that we haven't talked to them, talked about them as much. Granted, they had Russ in, the Russ injury, but I think they've been just kind of cruising. I'm factoring from, injuries into that. Sure, yeah, sure, yeah. 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 yeah that and makes the fact sense. that we all hate Russ. <laughs> I don't. Well, Russ. and even yeah, the fact that when, don't put my name on that. <laughs> when Roberson comes back, I mean, if all, if, if, yeah. if already yeah. their offense is, let's see, they score the 14th most points per game. That's almost right in the middle. That's I would give fun. two different answers. I would say the team based on what we've seen thus far, who's the best? It's probably the Nuggets. I think they've acquitted themselves pretty well, especially going into Toronto. I think they were in Toronto for that win, right? Yeah. yeah. And and they came out with a win and broke that streak. I think that's pretty damn impressive. I think they have uh, another level to hit. I think Jamal Murray is like kind of slowly getting better and I'm slowly starting to talk myself into him as being like a guy. Yeah. Uh, but you're asking me like, who am I most afraid of? It's the Lakers because of games sure. like last night with LeBron. Interesting. So even though a like a what we would all kind of say is a deathly mediocre Spurs team mm-hmm. uh, was pretty much like holding the Lakers at bay last night. But they have LeBron, and LeBron can go coast to coast. And we could talk start talking about that game too. In in, in relation to this, what what is it? Paul George basically outscored the Nets in the fourth quarter last night mm-hmm. and provided like probably the best like example of like the re-jiggered one-two punch of a of a team like the Thunder that we've seen since he's been there. You know what I mean? They seem like they make sense all over the floor right now. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I the, the Lakers, I don't think the Lakers are the second best team, but I'm interested in that argument. You, so you think it, it goes Warriors Lakers. I think it, the Lakers are just the gross like stock of the league right yeah. now, simply because like we know what a lot of these teams are at this point, especially the thunder. I feel like they're in the situation where they need to prove that they're different. Whereas the Lakers have just all possibility in front of them where like they don't really like know how to work Brandon Ingram in yet. Like Lonzo has one good game and then five bad games. And so I'm not saying that they necessarily can do it every night, but like if you put LeBron on the court with like four decent players, like I'm going to be afraid of that. Yeah. It's hard to argue against that. Like, because at the end of the day you have the Trump card of LeBron and, but at the same time, I'm like, I, I just can't bring myself to maybe even say that they're a second team in the, in, in the West because I'm like, who is their second guy? Like, I, I mean, maybe that won't matter, you know, come May or whatever. But I, I think for now, I'm more interested in like a wait and see approach on them. Still. Yeah, 
Yeah, I still think regular season they're going to struggle. Like they, they at some a, point, right? Yeah, yeah. and even yeah. in that like that game where they blew out the Suns, they were like down a bunch to start yeah. with on yeah. a random Sunday morning. It's like that's the type of team they are. It's a, the weird part about the West this year is that I ordinarily would be like the Lakers can't play this fast and lose with games where they get like they're down twelve and then they rely on LeBron or like they they keep getting in these tight games and they have such young kids out there. But with the Rockets and the Spurs and the Jazz all struggling. They can kind of get away with it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean it also helps that the Lakers are playing defense now. Last I checked, they were right. ninth yeah. in defensive rating, and while like I think the standings on defense in particular are a little garbled because like everybody is kind of like the same on defense. Mm-hmm. There's like two elite teams and like everybody else, but at the same time, like that that's an encouraging sign, and like those sort of signs moving forward are what you want to see to the point where like well, let's talk about this team a couple months from now. That's interesting because I think that we may not be talking enough about. The the lack of a second guy is clear, but that's mostly on offense, I think, mm-hmm. because I think the, the team around him has been pretty good on defense. Maybe that's something that's like hard to quantify or hard to see sometimes, but like in the last few games, they have been really, they have stepped up in that way. I, I wrote this in my blurb for our rankings, but LeBron looks like James Harden. It's like, mm-hmm. he's not getting everyone else involved anymore. At some point, maybe it was like during that Miami Heat game where he shot like 31 times and scored 51 points where he's just like, I'm just going to do this myself. Yeah, Haley, I was thinking about that last night too, where I was like, in the year past LeBron has been it's like well how is he going to stifle Kyrie because LeBron wants to have the ball in his hands and be this playmaker and this almost reminds me not necessarily of heat LeBron but almost like the bully ball LeBron from the first Cavs year when all those guys got hurt where he's like the thing that this team needs is points and reliable points. So I'm going to shoot from outside and I'm going to go to the rim a lot and I'm going to go to the foul foul line a lot, but I'm not going to be burdened with like directing traffic a lot. I'm going to let Lonzo do that. I'm going to let Kuz do that, like whatever. I think LeBron's always right too when he prescribes what a team needs. The only time maybe you could argue that is that, you know, he didn't let Kyrie have the ball enough Mm -hmm. of the time or even like run the offense enough of the time. But I think he, at this point, he's figured out who he can rely on in certain situations, even if nobody stands out as the second guy, there's still situations where he knows that like Josh Hart's the guy and Kuzma's the mm-hmm. guy he needed in that situation. Kuzma almost shot that game away last night at the end. <laughs> yeah. He did. But yeah. that that's what you you live by him. You die by him. Right. That, 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 and honestly, the Lakers have a lot of guys who will just shoot the game away. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Uh Ingram got uh injured last night. I don't think I think X-rays were negative, so he'll be back you know, imminently or whatever. But I did want to talk a little bit. Polly, you mentioned like, what what are they going to be in a couple of months? And that did come up this week because Rick Bucher had a piece in Bleacher Report about whether or not big-time players actually want to play with LeBron. And this had been something that came up a little bit during the Jimmy Butler sweepstakes. I well, think, and Paul George. And Paul first, George. Yeah. But there had been various like sourced reports, anonymous sourced reports that it was like, this person, like Jimmy or Paul, doesn't want to play with LeBron. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't excess- necessarily explicit about why. And I think we were all like, oh, maybe they don't get along or something like that. And then, uh, turns out all you need to do is ask Kevin Durant. And he would give you an incredibly <laughs> candid answer. So, uh, this is what Durant had to say about the idea of playing with LeBron. So much hype comes from being around LeBron from other people, Durant said. This is in Buker's report. 
He has so many fanboys in the media. Jesus, Kevin. <laughs> even the beat writers just fawn over him. I'm like, we're playing basketball here, and it's not even about basketball at certain points. So I get why anyone wouldn't want to be in that environment, because it's toxic. Especially when the attention is bullshit attention and fluff. It's not LeBron's fault at all. It's just the fact that you have so many groupies in the media that love to hang on every word. Just get out of the way and let us play basketball. I almost kind of just want to be like, let's have National get out of the way and let them play basketball day and see how they like it. <laughs> Kevin Durant, come on down. Let's just not write about it. Don't go to the game. Don't write about it. Don't tweet about it. Don't do highlights with eyeball emojis. Just let just let's play basketball in silence and see how it goes. Yeah, Kevin Durant, definitely not a consumer of online content either. Right. No, exactly. Not at all. Right. Uh, uh, in terms of, uh, and this is what, Kevin Durant went on to say, if you're a younger player like Kawhi, trying to pair him with LeBron James doesn't really make sense. Kawhi enjoys having the ball in his hands, controlling the offense, dictating tempo with his post-ups. It's how he plays the game. A lot of young players are developing that skill. They don't need another guy. Yes, they do. <laughs> he's not entirely wrong, I don't think. Yeah, about, like the, the, about what? That, that second part where he's talking about, you know, like, if you're a player like Kawhi, like the pairing may not work with LeBron just because he just has the ball in his hand so much. I do wonder, and I was talking to Justin about this yesterday, how the younger guys perceive it. Like, because none of the younger guys are going to be like, no, I don't feel like I want to play with LeBron, right? But but I'm wondering as they come up, like, is that a thing that that sounds appealing to them? Or do they in their... Just watch their contracts. <laughs> there you right, go. and that's so interesting because who is going to be the next guy that everybody wants to play with? Anthony because it's never Anthony been a Anthony question is. before. Yeah, you don't think it's Giannis? No, I mean, sure. Like if I think the next Paul George kind of guy will be like, sure, let's go to Giannis. Uh, I think that the next guy that you're just like, oh, if I play with this guy, my like all of my stats improve and I have a legitimate chance of going to the finals. It would be AD on a new team. Yeah. Well, the other thing is nobody has gotten to the level that LeBron has gone in this kind of space like he's transcended the game and it's like hard to and really... he's transcended his teammates right exactly so it's a different level when you talk about like who's the next guy that everybody's going to play with like AD kind of fits that bill but he's not like he's not like LeBron in that sense where, every, where players are going to go join him it's kind of like okay let's go get AD you well, know? Mm-hmm. right and partly because the franchise sure. is like you just don't want to go right. there uh, I think a few things about this I think first of all <laughs> believe it or not I have takes uh I think Kyrie Irving was the canary in the coal mine. Mm-hmm. I think he was a very clear sign that, like, regardless of how well you could play uh, and how how far you can get in the playoffs with LeBron, that like it's not all about that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's winning, but like on your own terms to a certain degree. For like, sure, it's not just like when people used to make these free agent moves. Kevin Durant himself made them. Uh, it used to be like, oh, well, we're doing this for winning. Mm-hmm. I'm going to win rings, and that's all that matters because that just validates me completely. And then Kyrie talked about this on Bill's pod. It's like oh. it's way more about being in the better basketball environment. Right. And as a result, I think I can hear in Kevin's response, like, I tried to do what LeBron did, and it didn't work out for me at all. It also sounds like he's describing not other people, but himself, <laughs> and that I wouldn't be surprised if, like, he goes and does the Knicks thing or the Clippers thing as a result of this. Yeah, he and sounds true. exactly like a guy who's never been the most beloved player on his own team. Yeah. Will he ever be Kevin? <laughs> if Kevin Durant if he goes, goes to, the, to the Knicks, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. Nil Aquina. Nice guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Mitchell. It's Moutier. <laughs> the big Moutier, yeah. But Justin, what you're saying about winning not being the most important thing anymore, I think that that's part of this tide that's been changing that— has never stood out to me more than with the whole Thibodeau thing and Jimmy Butler because their, like, mentality of, like, toughness and sacrificing everything and putting it all on the floor, like, 
that's not enough for players anymore. Like Andrew Wiggins and Kat didn't respond well to that. And mm-hmm. so I think it's like this old school mentality sure. versus this new school mentality. And I think that that's another sign of it. Yeah, I think they just want more than just winning. Like, yeah, it's great to win rings, but it's also like nice to be a, a celebrity and to get everything that comes with being and a superstar. And that also was apparently like part of the Kawhi thing, you know, like he yeah. didn't get the big sponsorships that he wanted. And now in, he did. Yeah, in San Antonio. Yeah, right. Now, he's, now he's, Would you rather win <laughs> draped up <in> 70 <laughs> games and be the second guy or would you rather win 60 and be the guy? Like, it's pretty That's nice to be the guy yeah. in a big city. Like, and if you're living in LA all year, I'd probably take the latter. I don't blame anybody for taking that sure. route. It's just every single thing about this is just contextual. The Jimmy yes. thing is contextual. The Kawhi right. thing is contextual. Like, if I told you three years ago, that Kawhi Leonard, who was going to set up the Spurs for the next 10 years, like, it's crazy to think about, like, him being in Toronto, and he might not stay. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, we just don't know what these guys want on any given day or any given year. And the LeBron thing, I think NBA players are probably also thinking, like, this is, like, you have three or four contracts, right? Like, that you, you'll you get. I mean, maybe now if you're doing these one-on-ones, you get a couple more. But, like, you're essentially attaching... Twenty five percent of your career to like the whims of LeBron, and that that is that is probably the bigger thing than I get to go to the finals every year. It's it is like, well, what if he decides to get the coach fired, and I like that coach, or what if he decides to trade three guys that I like? You know what I mean? Do you think players that are like superstar level, but I mean, obviously, like nobody's really on the tier of like LeBron, AD, probably Kawhi. Do you think that they are talent wise or or stardom wise? Talent wise. Okay. Although, well, okay. Because I think that Kevin's talking about the latter. I think he's like more like it's so distracting to have all you. But this plays into both of them. Asking LeBron (laughs) questions every day. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's what he's saying. No, literally. I mean, my. Sorry, finish your point. Go ahead. Yeah. Do you think that it's more important to them to have security, or do you think that now in this age of players wanting to be able to control their own destiny, that they we will see more one-in-ones. Even if you're not a player necessarily who has the, like, power to maneuver something like that. I... Like, I would not... Like, let's let's use Damar, for example. Uh-huh. Because, just specifically because of, like, talent level and um, stardom level. Uh-huh. Do you think he's a player who's really willing to do a one-in-one instead of long-term security? Demar DeRozan? Yeah. No. 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 But not out of, like, insecurity. Just, like, I think that he... Self-awareness. Also, probably has like the awareness yeah, of like yeah. where his where he's at in this game, and if somebody's like, "Well, we have to max you out. Here's the five year deal," and he's like, "Thank you." You know, it's not of all the things that have happened in the last few years. The only thing that really like stands out as like an example of why you wouldn't want to do the one on one stuff is Isaiah Thomas. Yes, and maybe Kyrie. Now, Kyrie's like weird. I have metal in my knees that's like <laughs> going wrong and stuff like that, and. And just the ups and downs that he's gone through, maybe I could see him being like, I'd like to just get this locked up and be somewhere for the rest. But these guys, like, it's just a different world. I just feel like these guys are just like, yeah, you know, I'll play in New York and then I'll play in LA and then I'll play in, and then I could see Kevin Durant being like, I'd like to end my career in Seattle. I could see him being like, I'd like to end my career in Oklahoma. Anything is possible. There are no more Kobe's, right? Like, that's the thing. Nobody's staying with a team for 18. That's not true. I think DeMar really wanted to. Well, okay. But, 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 but he's a product of exactly what we're talking about. Oh, like do you mean, him, but mentality-wise, not right. like yeah. situation. Sure, sure, but like, it's just, it, it's a transient league. Like, it's just... My broad takeaway from this is that different people have different wants and desires. Yeah. 
and that it's easy to just lump people into some sort of like broad model. Yeah. Like the big three was a model that people like very clearly tried to copy. But like the Warriors yeah. big three is not the same thing as the Miami big right. three. If, if anything, it created an arms race. But since then, it's just like created all these different like styles of doing things. And like, I think we're in a rush to say that people will follow LeBron because he's LeBron or because this is the way it's proven for teams to win. And it just seems like guys want to do whatever they want to do. Like yeah. one guy wants to play like this. One guy wants to play like this one guy wants to team up with somebody and one guy wants to just like go have his own team and so i'm at the point where it's just like you're basically trying to chart guys like interests i disagree i think everyone wants to partner up now i don't know to the the degree of talent in which they're partnering up with is different but i think everyone wants to partner up now because at the end of the day you still do want to win it just might not be do you i think there's a, a difference in seeing the value in partnering up versus like actually wanting to make the sacrifices required. Yeah, exactly. I I don't know. Do you think that this is... Paolo, what do you mean do you want to (laughs) win? I don't know. No, but this is too speculative. Here's a a really speculative question. Just wants to chill. Do you think that Anthony Davis (laughs) is consumed with the idea of ending his career without an NBA title? No. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Are you I, kidding me? All the like talk yeah. he did. Yeah, that one just, interview where he was like, I have to be the best player for like us. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, just being around him for a little bit, I do think he is pretty yeah. single minded. Sure. About wanting to win an NBA title. Yeah, I think he like he sees himself as the best player, like who could be the best player, like Haley's saying, and like everything is like that. Like do you I mean think that there's a part of him that thinks that that could happen with Drew Holiday being the second best player on his team. I think that he's very much like an athlete and that he's he's super like optimistic and mm-hmm. positive and thinks that he can make everything work. I think there's probably part of him that realizes that, no, that can't be true. I believe that it could be true, but the rest of their team is just not going to make it happen. Yeah, I, I mean, well, the here's the difference. The he didn't he didn't pick that context. It was built around him. Let's whereas, this, like, we're talking about their on the Clippers choices. with Tobias. Okay. What do we think? How yeah, far I think they have they a better go? shot if it's just the same rosters with AD. If like, it's the same oh, roster, yeah, yeah. I think. But that do we think that that's like a Lou, title team? With like Lou Williams, exactly. And... Do we think that's a title team? Honestly, I would entertain them being like a Western Conference final like contender. But like that's it. I mean, yeah. for all we know, they might have Clippers by go to the Western Conference. Yeah, that's a good year. point. But yeah, I, like, again, that goes back to what I was saying about it's just like individual context. It's like AD did not have that before and thus he might go be more willing to team up with LeBron because he's struggled so much with the Drew Holidays. Whereas like if you're Kyrie, you've played next to LeBron and actually you want to go do your own And you've thing. won a title. Yeah. Yeah. And you probably have like a decent enough shot at winning a title in Boston. Do we think that the clutch sports thing is more of an indicator that AD would be willing to team up with LeBron? I don't know. I don't I mean the agency stuff is always so complicated. You know yeah. what I mean? They're I just, feel like their agency is like the most transparent. My the way I read that was more that AD was setting up was very clearly setting up for his next move, whatever it may be. I don't think he's settled on anything as far as I know, but like I think he's very like he's aware that there is something coming this right. summer. I mean, I think that he, the reason why I brought all of this up was just because and this is mentioned a little bit in the Butte piece was like the idea that can't Magic and Rob afford to wait till next summer mm. to do something? Whereas yeah. if they don't, if they feel like they're going to basically be like Mavericks West in terms of their free agency uh, courting mm-hmm. abilities, and if people are going to have like second thoughts about playing with LeBron and guys are going to be like, eh, do they have to make a trade? Do they have to go out and drop, like get Ingram and Ball or whatever they need to trade for AD? For John or, Wall? 
<laughs> well, I mean, oh my yeah. God. So that was actually like, was that real? Uh, that was, it was, was very that, Josh Hart. It was like a all the good players on the Lakers from John, John Wall's $44 yeah. million dollar con. I was like, oh my God. But I will say though, I love this conversation right now because the Lakers have already passed on that chance as far as we know, both with Paul George and with Kawhi because they could have probably beaten those um, packages. If yeah, you will. but you have to think that like, honestly, like I think that Presti and Popovich wouldn't piss on the Lakers if they were on fire. <laughs> You're probably right. And that's why You're they didn't pr- get traded. Sure. But at the same time, I think like, that those packages were better. Also, they, they probably like, assumed just, that, I mean, this was before. Right. Like, like I said, I don't know. By setting up a Lakers dynasty. <laughs> I can't imagine yeah. that. Yeah, no, get relegated to the G League. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think there's actually like a, a sentiment across the league that to not to not feed into this like Virgin Lakers dynasty? I think they're going to make them pay for it. I think you, they're sure. going to they're gonna have to give like empty the cupboard, or they're going to be like, let's find out whether LeBron can recruit in free agency. Right. So that's what I think is going to happen. I think it's fascinating because, like, if I was the Lakers and everything was equal, like I would start thinking about. I was telling Justin yesterday about. Ingram specifically because I think his trade stock probably I don't I don't know if it will go higher from here. Yeah, I know. And, and, and I know. Like talking about the the point that Kevin Durant was talking about, like Ingram is a literally like a walking example right now of struggling to play with LeBron yes. as a young guy. Yeah. So I think he's very fascinating to me in, ter- in terms of like what LeBron wants to do with Le- what the Lakers want to do with LeBron in in the near future, and I would consider moving him. But no, it's crazy. We were just talking about how LeBron, with all of these like schmoes, are of like are sure. could be the second best team in the West. So even if he doesn't get a star, even if he gets like let's say a B level guy like Bradley Beal, and it's just like every other position is like fine and set to uh, like promote his best mm-hmm. skills, they'll be fine. <laughs> so I don't think it matters ultimately. And adding on to that, though, so many of the Lakers' deals are either expiring or one year deals, so they are going. In 2019-20, they are going to have 62 million. For who? That's no, that's like that's how much cap they're spending. That's For their who? allocation. Like, I'm just like, that's the question. Is just like apparently. Uh, well, exactly. This could get, get them the in Los more Angeles, trouble. You have to climb through a sea of fawning media groupies. <laughs> <laughs> get a Max Lance. That could be interesting because oh, if they have all that room and they're not, they don't have any like major star to sign. Then like, where are they going to freak out and do the Portland thing? Uh, yeah, right, right, right. No, it's true. Oof. Also, there are so many media members in the Bay. There's like yeah. thirty. Oh my God. <laughs> they freaking like, like they have like a like a traveling army with them. Can't tell me they're yeah. not putting heart emojis too. I know. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> let's take a break here from our sponsors. We're gonna come back and talk about the top 25. Today's episode of the Ringer NBA show is brought to you by Hotel Tonight. Here is a little insider travel secret from our friends over at Hotel Tonight. There are tons of empty hotel rooms out there just waiting to be booked. And Hotel Tonight has partnered with these awesome hotels to help them sell those unsold rooms, which means you get incredible deals. Seriously, if you love scoring amazing hotel deals, you've got to try Hotel Tonight. Forget scrolling through never-ending lists. Hotel Tonight shows you a select list of incredible deals at cool hotels that they think you will love. And they even give short profiles of each hotel, complete with all the info you need and pictures of what the rooms really look like. Plus, even though their name is Hotel Tonight, they're not just for last-minute bookings. You can also book in advance. It's perfect for spontaneous weekend getaways, three-day weekends, staycations, road trips, business trips, booking a place with a pool, and more. I love using Hotel Tonight. Sometimes I let Hotel Tonight tell me where to go. I'm just like, dial it up, check out stuff in and around L.A., 
maybe even the extended Orange County. So like the L.A. County is what I'm, I'm kind of looking at. And I just I, I'll check it out. Maybe I'll look for a place with a pool. Maybe I'll look for a place in the mountains. Maybe a nice hot tub. Whatever, whatever it takes. Thanks for chiming in, Justin. Uh, Hotel Tonight's got my back. To start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels, go to hoteltonight.com or download the app now. All right, we're talking about the Ringers' top 25 players of the first 25-ish games. We all voted on our 25, fed them into the supercomputer. That is, Zach Cram came out with this list. Uh, there are some... I think there's some really interesting conclusions to come from this. You know what I mean? I kind of wanted to start because we just were talking about LeBron so much and we were talking about how he's pretty much single-handedly lifted this group of schmoes, in Justin's words, <laughs> to second or, you know, to being maybe one of the best teams in the West. Are we underrating him by uh, ranking him at fourth? I'll just run through the top 10 really quickly for people in case they haven't seen it, but it's on the ringer.com. We have Giannis at number one, Embiid at number two, Durant at number three, LeBron at number four, uh, AD at number five, Kawhi at number six, Kemba at number seven, Steph Curry at number eight, James Harden at number nine, and Marcus All at number 10. I think <laughs> there might be some ribbonous history with Embiid at mm. two right now, but uh, no, I don't think so because the thing with LeBron is that at the beginning of the season, it did kind of see like yeah. he was, getting his, you know, getting yeah, right. yeah, exactly. He was like kind of taking it, I don't want to say the word easy because he's LeBron and he never takes it easy and you could check the stats and at me on Twitter. But at the same time, like he, we know what he can do and at the beginning of the season, fair or not, it did kind of seem like he was, you know, gliding through it a little mm -hmm. bit. So I think, I think the four is fair. Both things can be true. Like he can still be the best player in the world and also like be fourth on a list of just encompassing the tw first 25 games. And I think especially because of what we saw on the defensive end, I think that four is a perfect spot. Sure. My personal battle with the LeBron ranking was because of what Haley just said, because of the coasting and all the stuff that happened earlier in the season, and then looking at his statistics, and it's like, good God, yeah. this is incredible. Yeah. Or just watching him in a game like last night. Like, right. I wonder if he's at two or three, if we if we we were talking about this before the podcast, but if we'd included even last night's games, mm -hmm. how would that have changed people's opinions? Would yeah. Embiid still be at two after these sort of... A couple of lackadaisical games, obviously. I don't think so. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. I think he'd get bumped and would LeBron after LeBron. Two Kawhi not at six. Oh fuck yeah! I mean, yeah. like that was the one. I know that's the one. So that's I'm... the one. Like, so we were talking about like we all voted, and then uh, and then like when we got like the results, that was the one that made me do like cartoon character. Like what? <laughs> like I was just. <laughs> I could not believe Kawhi yeah. at six. Yeah. He goes to a new team. He's probably playing 80%, 82%. I, maybe he will never get back to 100%. I have no idea, like, the mystery quad. But he isn't playing as above the rim as I know, I think we think he's capable of. Well, he's just not playing as much. Too. Yeah, and he's also not playing uh, the second night of back-to-backs. And, and that's why I had six him lower. Yeah. yeah. Six games, that's like... Among like what twenty five probably yeah. for the Raptors I mean, at this point. That's why Steph's where he's at because when Steph's right. been on the floor this year, I think he's been the MVP. He's oh, yeah, been, he's the been best fantastic. Um, I still thought A was too too low for Steph. Like I just I, I get the games missing, but he's he's been he was so good and like he's he's already come back and kept doing the same thing. Forty, 40 whatever. Two, yeah, yeah. Uh, last night. I think that if players are like somebody like Steph, he's been so good that he kind of makes up for the, the deficit in games a little bit, at least over some guys. Not all the guys. You know, I'm not saying he should be number one, but yeah. I, I had him at six. So, you know, I didn't have that much higher, but I think 
I was surprised to see him more on the on the. I think I had Kawhi at two or three. I can't remember. I had Giannis. I think I went Giannis and beat Kawhi. I have the spreadsheet right here. Okay, you had Kawhi at three. Yeah, I mean, I had him four. I think <laughs> he's had the most transformative effect on a team this year. I think you could make the argument that Bud has had a bigger impact on the Bucks than Giannis has in terms of season to season. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that Kawhi, with all due respect to Nick Nurse, is like changed completely changed the Raptors. Well, yeah, but that's like the MVP argument, isn't it? I guess you're right. Is it the most? Is it the best player, or is it the most influential player to their individual team? Which usually Ooh. combine because if. You know, it's usually the case that that sure. team has been so excellent that they are already above the pack as well. Was was Giannis the unanimous number one? Uh, let's see here. No, I did not have Giannis number <laughs> Dan, one. Danny had uh, Embiid, as did Haley. I had uh, Kevin Durant. And- <laughs> Damn, Haley, Haley's, Haley's is supposed to be private. Was definitely the outlier. And yeah. yeah, you know what? Hey. I have opinions. But <laughs> did, did you and- have Simmons on yours? Yes. Oh, she did. <laughs> I had him at nine. That's why probably you had why him I remember him. Yeah. God yeah, damn, you're the best. Wow, <laughs> this Haley, just... I, I respect it. Yeah, because it was right after. So this past like two and a half week stretch, I mean, he's his stats actually haven't changed that much. Just something Justin and I were talking about, but he looked so much better yeah. on the Sixers, and he really and the Sixers looked significantly better. And I just he was probably the biggest, the person who suffered the most from the faults experiment. From the starting from right, us. right, and he has just like he has made that team go to the next level. Like obviously, after last night, that's kind of like a hard thing for me to swallow. But yeah, wait, and Beater Simmons, oh, Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. I I had Durant one because I thought Ooh. of it in the same vein as Steph. Almost like Steph went out and like they had that tough stretch, but then like if you look at his numbers, like they are ridiculous. Like yeah. he's having like an amazing season, and I know it's not like fun to watch or exciting, especially without Steph. But like I thought that he, especially in the last few games of his twenty five first twenty five, I thought he looked like the best player in the NBA. And to Paul's point, I was laughing over here to myself because I'm cool like that. Uh, he's shooting fifty fifty ninety yeah <laughs> percentages. He's outrageous. That's it's insane. There's a couple of guys here who I feel like were penalized for just being themselves. <laughs> like Harden. Sure. Yes. Yes. So Harden goes probably in terms of winning the MVP and everybody being like, well, this guy is the greatest offensive player since Jordan, essentially. Yes. You know, uh, or in terms of one man offense. And then he's ninth. And yeah. he's still averaging 30, almost nine assists and almost six boards. Yeah, that was the the focus of what I wrote was basically he does everything better than Kemba Walker. And I love Kemba Walker, but like he's, Kemba's just new. Mm-hmm. Whereas Harden, we've seen this, and he's kind of been like diminished by like the Rockets. And the team sucks. Yeah, yeah, the team hasn't been doing well. They have, I think, the same amount of wins this season as well. So yeah, there really isn't a difference. But Harden's been better. Um, a couple of other things. Uh, the, another person who I thought was was a uh, sort of, I mean, they made the he made the list, but it was an interesting placement for him. Was Westbrook at twenty five? Right now, he's missed time as well, but Steph gets in the top ten. And Westbrook barely makes the list. Uh, I only ever hear about Westbrook for people accusing him of stat padding or bricking shots and like shooting thunder out of games. Yet the Thunder have the second best uh, record in the West. And I think he is changing his game slowly but surely. It's just that it's a process. Last Mm -hmm. night in the middle of Paul George's like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, just like amazing show. Yeah. Yeah. Russ comes down the court <laughs> yeah. and jacks this shot. And I was just like, dude, 
for once. Like, just please don't. <laughs> just pass it to Can Paul. you not? Yeah, can you just not? You 22.4% three-point shooter. Can you not? <laughs> yeah, it's been bad this year. I, I actually forgot that it was, was He passed Jason yeah. Kidd on all-time triple-doubles last year, and it's him— Oscar Robertson, Magic and Kid, and people were like, eat shit, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> it's truly terrible. Sense, but it was just, I just like, I'm like, what the hell? No, they only, people think they only don't make sense for him. Like Ben Simmons, whenever he like comes close, everyone's like, wow. You yeah, know? it's like, like Jokic triple double in 25 <laughs> minutes. And <laughs> yeah. to, but to the point, like, I guess against Russ, like he's shooting, I think, career low in three point percentage and he's taking more than last year. Like, that's not how you do that. But, I think overall, I, I had to go back and put him on my ballot because I forgot that he even existed. Because yes. he's just like kind of disappeared from the ether this year because of the injury. And I think because the Thunder kind of were playing this like soft schedule. Yeah. Um, and, and he's I averaging 22 in. points a game, which is his lowest since the 2013-14 season. I didn't have him on my list, to be honest. Ooh. Okay. But I also, I, I get... This is also your it. exit interview. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun, guys. I didn't have DeMar on my list. I had DeMar 25. I had him pretty high. I think I had like eight or nine. He, um, yeah, he was like among my last cut. Yeah, just because... Um, did you have Vucevic on your, your list? I did. I so, think like, it, that's how you, you get up in the morning and you look at yourself <laughs> in the mirror and you say like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm willing to ride for that. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, that that's me. Uh, I don't know. Like, the, the Spurs suck. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's how I rationalized it. Um, I take- I, what, was a, what was a guy... Who was a guy that you felt particularly tortured over, whether to include them, whether that you wound up putting them on the list or didn't? Who was a person who you were just like, moving around a lot or cutting cut copying and pasting out of it and like I was I was curious about that. I had three. I had Luca who I did like uh, the the bottom three like I Yeah, yeah. I had Luca which I know you talked about Chris. I had Tobias mm-hmm. because I'm just the the Clippers as a unit feel like when I was thinking about including him I thought about the 2015 Hawks when they all got the player of the month. Yeah. You know, and it was just kind of like, I'm not <laughs> sure if Luca himself qualifies, or not or Luca, Tobias, Tobias yeah. himself qualifies for this. I did end up putting him on. And then the third uh, was Vucevic. Yeah, it's hard when you're, it's hard to like think of Tobias that highly when you know every game is going to be closed by Lou Williams. Like no matter what. They have so many different players who are the best at so many different things. Closing Lou Montrez is probably like energy rebounds energy yeah. yeah Beverly just keep them in games and get stops yeah right I I would say Tobias is most important yeah he's the he's even the, Gallo I, I though make, even I was Gallo say, I mean, the reason I had trouble with Tobias was because I was like what if I just put Gallo in there like I mean like he was he's having a really good season too so it's like yes. and it's that's the Clippers in so the nutshell. for you it was Luca Tobias and who and Vooch and Vooch right Vooch was not on my top 25 <laughs> I've watched Vucevic before have Major. you yeah he okay. was not on mine either. Have you seen I'm the standings keep this year, though. You after every good game. <laughs> Have you seen the standings this year? Why? Because the Magic are racking up some bullshit early wins. Seventh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, who are some guys that you were tortured over? I wanted to talk to you about Butler. Yeah, because you, you wrote about this in the blurb itself. Where you're yeah. like, I don't know what to do here. Yeah, I mean, he pretty much tanked the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yes, and in addition to that, the Wolves have been like significantly better without him. Like his net rating on the Wolves was like a minus eight something. And now you could ra- rationalize that as just like he wasn't trying. He, I don't know what was going on there. He's been or it th- has less to do with him and more to do with the people that he alienated. Well, it's yeah. interesting, right? Because if we had done this list strictly after on the— If this list was the top 25 players since the Jimmy Butler trade, uh-huh. 
Towns makes the list. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably. He was one that was <laughs> left out. To make amazing the list. last night. No, Towns is incredible. Towns, yeah. is, Towns is like playing defense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it's, well, a, it's a whole Robert new team. Covington is playing defense for Towns and not screaming at him about it. Right, right. Yeah. See, that was my choice. I almost put Towns and then I was looking at Covington and he's probably not only the best defensive player on that team, but probably like a defensive player of the year candidate yeah. at this point. So I don't know how much he's covering for him and like what, but... Yeah, Towns was a tough one. And then Butler, ultimately, I settled on, like, I think somewhere in the low 20s because just, like, the production is just so good. It was really interesting, not to get off on a on a side tangent here, but Tim Legler was doing some stuff last night on SportsCenter after the Lakers game where he was showing some highlights, some, some plays of Butler playing with the Sixers. And he was kind of like, I can't remember, this is really paraphrasing, but what I saw from what he was showing was like, this is like kind of the best and the worst of Jimmy Butler. Mm. You get this amazing sense of like one-on-one competition. So like he would like D up Kawhi or he would just like attack the ball or go for like the steal or whatever. But then there were a couple of plays where like, and you know, he may have been told to do this, but he would basically like abandon boxing out you know what I mean? Or he would he would kind of just like lose interest in the play after his initial sort of engagement with it was over. And Which Kyle is not Lowry supposed get, like, to be his reputation. No, but I think like he's probably learning a new defensive system to some extent. But the point being was like it, it was what it's when you watch Covington, Covington is essentially like this link that has never been in the Minnesota chain since Tibbs has really had that team, you know, where he's just like understands exactly where he's supposed to be at every, any given point and is making up for two negative defensive players on that floor. Butler was supposed to be the Tibbs guy. I think Covington is yeah. more the Tibbs oh, guy. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's I a, love the, the, the Taj quote was funny. I think he said like, he told Robert Covington that like, he really likes you. He's going to play you a lot. Yeah, get ready to play you. <laughs> yeah. uh, Wear ankle braces. Justin, did you, aside from Butler, I think, you know, the problem with mine was that like, I was receiving all the ballots as mm-hmm. I was going along. So right. like my ballots kind of corrupted. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I had any other outliers. No, because you like when that happens too, when you start seeing people's picks, you're like, I oh, want to yeah. be more interesting than this. Yes. Yeah. Like I crammed in Rudy at the end there just because like I started seeing him a bunch and like you start to think like, oh, the value of rim protection, even though the, the Jazz aren't playing well. Yeah. I, I thought you meant Rudy Gay for a second. I was <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Rudy Not is like, having like his best year at the rim. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, like honestly, since... I've ever seen him. This is the best. He's yeah. finishing a lot of buckets. Anybody you were tortured by here? Yeah, I, I, two people. Drew Holiday for one. Mm-hmm. His numbers, his his shooting percentages are down, but his points are up because he's getting to the line more, and he's basically averaging nine assists, which is three more assists than he had last season, and. He's a tough one for me because I don't think the Pelicans have been like as good as they sh- maybe should have been. And that's obviously because more of the roster around those two guys, those two main guys. But I thought that he could sneak in there. And I ended up including him in there as it. And as it, I ended up including my other guy, which was Steven Adams. Which I thought, you know, it's a, it's a high ranking for him. But at the same time, I thought that because the Thunder's defense has been so good, he's been such a like a linchpin for that, that I was like, he needs some credit. That's interesting. That's edgy. Yeah. Who's a guy? Who's somebody who you were shocked to not see in the top twenty-five? <laughs> I thought, given our our NBA slack, I thought Luca would be yeah. in the top mm-hmm. five. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't include him. Like I'm, I'm still at the yeah. point where it's just like I'm in wait and see mode. Like he's had twenty or some odd games, uh, and you, you could see at certain points. I don't know if it's because of the injuries lately, but like he hits a wall, and like he'll he'll like disappear at times during games, and I'm like, huh. So I'm 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 in like wait and see. I definitely think that's a natural 25. like rookie adjusting 
to this NBA like competition night and night, even though he already has played professionally. A fun question is which rookie would make it in here? Maybe maybe Luca is the answer, but I would even also make a case for Jaron Jackson Jr. <laughs> Yes, yeah, really you know, like what's the, I don't really, think either of those guys are in the no, twenty-five. They're, they're not, but it's, it's you know, just in rookies in general. Interesting well, that Donovan Mitchell's not on this list. Mm. I don't think it's that interesting, <laughs> and I love him. Also, Fox. He needs to work it out. Oh, Fox. Yeah. Fox was a, t- a tough cut. I'm looking at the interesting cut. Just because, like, why do I keep saying interesting? I don't know. I'm sorry. Because I'm just <laughs> interesting. Uh, no, I mean, if we did this like ten days ago, he might have made it. Do okay. you want me to look up a synonym list for you? Yeah, please. Uh, just one second. Stop recording. Uh, <laughs> no, we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, you can check out our top 25 list on TheRinger.com. It's the top 25 players of the first 25-ish games. We will be back next week. Last, Maybe the last show of the year. Well, yeah. We need to talk about that, yeah. Am I out? Until next time, uh, this has been The Ringer NBA Show Group Chat. Thanks for listening. Basketball is very good. Basketball is very good.